Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and for this time together. Lord, let us hear what you would have us to hear today. Put me behind the cross and let your words be mine. And Lord, if I misspeak, forgive me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. If you want to, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. We'll be there shortly. By now, you ought to know exactly where it's at. So when I left Bluebell to enter ministry and go back to school, I needed to find a job to help bring in money. I didn't have a plan, really. I just knew that I was going into ministry and I was going to have to go back to school. I followed what I believed to be my calling and I left a stable job not having anything lined up. That's trusting God. Accountants and my financial planner would have said that was a stupid decision. So I went to talk to Bradley at Cavenders in Plano. Bradley's still the manager there. But all these years later, he has a new staff, right? That was 2005. He was willing to work with my schedule. He said, yeah, we'll make it work. I only worked full-time there for four months, and then I worked for several years after during the Christmas holidays. He asked if I would come in and help, um, help with sales during the Christmas holidays, start right after Halloween. There's good money to be made in boot sales, friends. In fact, he's offered me a few times still to come back. Hey, can you work some through the holidays with me? He said, I really can't now. I'm busy. We're still great friends. So my first day at Cavenders, he put me with this young lady to kind of show me around Cavenders, to kind of tell me what my job responsibilities were going to be, to, to give me the things that I was supposed to be doing while we didn't have customers. And as we walked around and talked, she kind of told me about the team that worked there. They were all really good friends together. They liked to go out after work and have an adult beverage or two they like to dance a lot. There was a lot of things they like to do that I probably wouldn't be involved in. And she said, why are you even here? I said, well, those are great things, but I'll probably, I'll probably just work and go home. And she said, what, what are you even doing here? And I said, well, I'm going back to school, and I need some income. And after she had told me all this stuff, she said, well, why are you going back to school? And I said, well, I want to be a preacher. I didn't see that girl for a month, I'll bet. She avoided me like the plague because she had been honest with me. That's what I like to do. This is, this is my life. In fact, a lot of the people avoided me for a few days there after that, and they, they started calling me preacher. It wasn't meant to be a, a term of endearment. But over those four months, as, as time went by, they began to soften up a little bit. And they might come to me with a burden or a worry. They might ask me what I thought about this situation or that situation. Or even better, they'd say, what do you think the Bible says about this? I need to know. By the time I left, we were all very, very tight. Very, very good friends. I've been called to do weddings and funerals for my friends at Cavenders over the last several years. 
They didn't trust me, and I get that. You know, us Christians, sometimes we seem to have that holier-than-you attitude or, or that holier-than-you um, reputation, right? We tend to be considered snobbish. But they started to talk to me, and they started to ask about God. I don't think that I was the best boot salesman that Cavender's ever had. There were others that were much better. In fact, Delbert, the assistant manager, he was far better at it. We called him the shark. And the reason we called him the shark is because I could be selling a pair of boots for 30 minutes, working up, talking to the person, getting them ready to buy, and then I would step away for half a second and Delbert would steal my sale <laughs> and the commission that went with it. But I love Delbert too. Delbert's a good friend. I think I brought a piece to Cavenders, not Donnie, but the God that I planned to serve and that I loved and that I talked about. I think I shared the love of Christ in a place that desperately needed it, and they, they didn't know they needed it. They were good people. Cavenders was a great place and a great job, and I still like to shop there when I can. Like Tom Thumb and Bluebell, Cavenders taught me a lot about ministering to people. And I give thanks for that. Our sermon text for today is Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So our beatitude for this week is 5-9, is and it's blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. These, these beatitudes have proven to be an interesting on, uh, on, on many levels. With each one, I've uncovered new things that I didn't know or didn't think about that I'd never learned before, things that are meant that they don't necessarily see on the surface, right? And other things are sometimes difficult to understand. Jesus could be complicated, right? But ultimately, his message is consistently love God and love your neighbors. That's what Jesus was all about. It's what we should be all about. When I say that it's sometimes interesting. There was a show, and I won't go into all the detail of the movie, but it was, it was, a, it was a parody. Uh, it's Monty Python, obviously. And, and they're standing at the very back of the crowd, and they can't hear Jesus up on the hill. And he's saying, blessed are the peacemakers, and they got cheesemaker out of it. Blessed are the cheesemakers. And so you got a guy at the back that's trying to explain, it's not really cheesemakers, it's the manufacturers of any dairy products. It's not really appropriate for children, so I won't go into the rest of the movie, but 
Jesus sometimes is hard to understand. We often don't understand exactly what Jesus meant. The word for peace in Hebrew is shalom. In Hebrew, peace never means only the absence of trouble, but instead it means everything which makes for the highest good. In Scripture, peace not only means freedom from all trouble, it it means enjoyment of all good. It's the best of the best. That's what peace means. We need the best of the best. The beatitude is blessing the peacemakers, not necessarily the peace lovers, because just because a person loves peace and desires peace doesn't mean that they do all within their power to accomplish peace. If we make an attempt at peace in the wrong way, we may only succeed in making trouble, right? Maybe we refuse to face the situation as it really is. We're blind to it. The peace which the Bible calls blessed does not come from avoiding things, avoiding issue. It comes from facing them and dealing with them and overcoming them. That's what the Bible means about peace. The beatitude demands the making of peace even when the way to peace is through struggle. The King James Version says, The peacemakers shall be called the children of God. But the Hebrew is literally more than that it says the peacemakers will be called the sons of God. This is typical Hebrew speak. Um, Hebrew is not rich in adjectives, and when they wish to describe something, they usually say, uh, they use the phrase son of whatever. That, that, that brings it all closer to home. So a man may be called the son of peace instead of a peaceful man. The Beatitude says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And what it means is this, is that blessed are the peacemakers because they're doing a God-like work. They are doing what God would do. The man who is making peace is engaged in the very work which God, the God of peace, is doing. And, you know, they were, they were speaking, Hebrew is a, a man-dominated society so they spoke in terms of man and and son and things like that but we know that this counts for all of us today the term shalom means everything which makes for one's highest good whatever makes for the highest good the best of the best so this means blessed are those who make this world a better place for all of us to live in abraham lincoln once said die when i may I would like it to be said of me that I always pulled a weed and planted a flower where I thought a flower would grow. Making the world better for everyone. In all of us, there's this inner conflict going on between good and evil all the time. This spiritual battle that happens within us. And we are being pulled in direction, two directions at one time. Do we do this or do we do what's right? Do we avoid this? Do we turn from this and turn back toward this? Blessed or happy indeed is the one who has won the battle of inner peace, whose whole heart is turned toward God. That's what winning looks like. But there's another meaning for this word peace. It's a meaning that the rabbis love, and it almost certainly uh, the meaning which Jesus meant. The, The rabbis held that the highest task that someone could perform is to establish right relationships between others, between man and man. That's what Jesus meant. Peace between men. When I talk to the kids about about 
peace being bringing two people back together. That's exactly what it is. You know, there, there are people who are always in the middle of trouble. They love drama. How many of y'all know a person like that? They love drama. They like the, the, the battle that goes on. And wherever they go, they're either involved in some kind of trouble or they're causing some kind of trouble. It's just the way it is. There are people like that in every city, in every church, in every family, maybe, maybe in every home. And such people are not doing God's work. They're doing the devil's work. Proverbs 6, 16 and 19 says, There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to Him. And 19 is a false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict. It's real clear about what God doesn't like. One who stirs up trouble or starts a fight or tears down unity or destroys peace is one that God does not like. It says God detests. God, don't look for God to bless your life if you're not at peace with your fellow man. God will always be against a man or a woman who can't get along with others. God does not want you to be that person. God's not going to leave you, and God's not going to love you any less, but God is not going to like you very much. Don't be that person. It doesn't mean that God's going to leave you, like I said, but God is going to bring change to your heart. You can plan on God working on that person extra hard to change that heart. On the other hand, there are people in whose presence trouble cannot live. There are people who bring healing and prevent trouble. There are such people doing the godlike work because the great purpose of God is to bring peace between all people and between God. One who divides is doing the devil's work and the one who unites is doing God's work. You know, the, the Dead Sea has water flowing into it every day, but once the water flows in it doesn't have anywhere to go right the water kind of stagnates and dies hence the dead sea in the same way you can come to church every sunday you can listen to the sermons you can sing along with the songs you can participate in the bible studies and in the book studies you can have mercy and grace and the forgiveness of christ but if it's never applied to your everyday life you're the dead sea You have to live it too. Can't just come in and stop. You have to live it. James 1, 23 and 24 says, For if any hears of the word, for if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror, for they look at themselves and on going away immediately forget what they were like. These beatitudes are the qualities and characteristics of a life lived like Jesus. The Beatitudes will cause us to embrace Christ, to have passion for Him, and to have passion for those around Him. These Beatitudes are absurd statements of joy. When we apply them to our lives, we are blessed. We are exceedingly happy. The life that Jesus lived experiences real joy and peace with God, and that's the life that we want. God doesn't treat some better than others. He loves the evil person. He loves the good person the same. Sometimes that's hard for us to accept, right? Sometimes we'd think, why didn't God love them a little less? Because it seems like they get a little more. I think those who are farther from God, maybe 
God has to work a little harder for them. And sometimes we see that. God extends God's peace and God's love and God's mercy to all. All those blessed to have received His goodness. We need to likewise follow His example. We need to love and bless. And offer peace to everybody. Living as a peacemaker is not easy, but it's something we don't do alone. Jesus walks with us. Jesus has given us the Spirit, the Spirit of peace. And by the power of God, we can live as peacemakers. Colossians 15, 3.15 says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Don't be confused about what Jesus is saying. He's telling us, make peace. Be peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.